Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to another edition of Stand Up For The Truth. We appreciate you guys, and we've got a favorite guest back on today. It's been a while, but we will get to Pastor Carl Gallops, and we will definitely try to talk about and make sense of the Democrat debates last night and their the main Dems positions on key issues, but uh, we will go to the Lord in prayer first. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to talk about these things that affect us. If not personally, they do affect our communities or our country and our culture and policies that are being uh, implemented by government or policies that some of these men in Washington, D.C. want to implement and in some cases force on the nation. And uh, we just ask you, Lord, for wisdom. We pray that you'd wake up more of your people that they would vote and take part in the political process. We ask, Lord, that you would uh, give us a balanced perspective, allow us to maintain an eternal worldview, an eternal perspective as uh, all these things are happening around us that would make some people anxious and feel burdened by what's going on here in the the country. But, Lord, we know that you're sovereign. We know that you are in control. We know that uh, you are very aware of what's happening. We also understand from your word, Lord, that your timing is perfect and your faithfulness is great. We lift up this hour to you. We pray for encouragement. We pray to be challenged and we thank you for allowing us to have this program and the religious freedoms we have here in America as of now. <laughs> We're very thankful and try not to take those for granted. We love you, Lord. Thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's face it, America is now a nation where evil is being called good. Um, God is mocked. Radicals are trying to gain power. Our religious freedoms and right to bear arms are under attack. A large number in the Democrat Party now supports socialism, as well as policies that would give LGBT individuals special rights, not, quote, equal rights. And the most pro-Israel administration in U.S. history is under relentless attack not only for its support of Israel, but for standing against globalism, socialism, and a one-world government. So how can we as Christians maintain an eternal perspective and make sense of all this and with everything that's going on around us? Well, here to give us a pastor's perspective on what's happening politically, where America may be headed, is best-selling author and pastor Carl Gallops. Carl, so good to have you back with us on Stand Up For The Truth, brother. Dave, thank you so much. It's it's great to be with you. All right. Well, thank you for taking the time with us. Before we get into the big topics, by the way, folks, we're going to talk about the coronavirus. We're, we're going to talk about the Democrat debates and some policies that should alarm us. And we're going to talk about Pastor Carl's upcoming book that you can pre-order. It's called Masquerade. Carl, you tell me, you said uh, in an email yesterday you were on a, a TV interview tour or something like that. What have you been doing lately? Because we haven't talked to you in like three or three months or more. Yeah, thanks. Well, actually, um, I think you had me on last month, actually, Dave, but <laughs> but I, you're right. I don't I mean, remember. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. It must have been a really good interview, huh? Uh, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> but hey, but, pri- but prior to that, you're right. It had been months, and then we hooked back up, I think, about a month ago. But I know you've had a lot of other guests. I don't expect you to remember. But yeah, no, it's great to be back with you. Well, listen, I'm very blessed, and a lot of your audience knows me because I've been on a lot in the, in the past years, but some of them don't. And the bottom line, is I've been the pastor of one church on the Gulf Coast in Florida for 34 years. I'm starting my 34th year. And I've been blessed to have written several books that have made the bestsellers list at Amazon in, in big ways. And uh, that's put me all over Christian TV and radio. And I do interviews all the time, like this one today. I, I'll do two more before today's over. And I just got back off of a of a trip, as you just said, uh, television shows and Christian television in Atlanta and uh, Greenville, South Carolina and Augusta, Georgia. And I don't remember everywhere we went, but (laughs) it's crazy. But listen, I, I praise God for that because I just look at it like this. It's like 
I don't have to rent a stadium and do a crusade. I can just travel to a city, sit down in front of a camera. And if it's, you know, all over the internet or Roku or, or, or networks, I mean, I can reach potentially millions of people with the word of God and perspective Mm -hmm. and truth. And so I praise God for this amazing platform he's given me and thank you for being a part of it, Dave. So yeah, I, I just got back in late last night and I'm honored to be with you today. Well, thank you and for taking the time. I know you've been so, so busy. So let's get right down to it. We do want to talk about some of these uh, policies that the Democrats are talking about and what they're, they're battling over on the debate stage and otherwise. But before we do that, a lot of Christians, uh, Pastor Carl, are wondering about the coronavirus and how that might, well, first of all, the truth and what's going on, how it could start and how that's getting into other countries, but how it might relate to uh, diseases and plagues, maybe in the end times when it comes to Bible prophecy. Okay, thank you. Listen, I, pl- please allow me to, to, to take a few moments to give some balanced perspective to all of this. Sure. First of all, let's settle some biblical issues. Number one, we are living in the most prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus Christ. And I've talked about this a lot on your show. I've written books about it. I've done prophecy conferences and Bible conferences and television interviews. But the quick, quick proof of that is we're only 71 years the other side of the return of Israel, a 2,800-year-old prophecy that came to pass only in our historical lifetime. The the exponential explosion of technology has been astounding in those 70 years. When Israel was reborn, there was just black and white television with three major networks, and everything was two or three days old when you got it. Now, information communication exchange is ubiquitous. It is instant. It is 24-7. It's on cell phones in the hands of little children in the jungles of Africa and everywhere else in the world. It's all over the place. And then all of the technology that goes with it, we've burst forward into, you know, genetic editing and artificial intelligence and robotics and n- warfare um, uh, technology that's out of this world. We're getting ready to go into quantum computing and all of this stuff can be used for good, but most of it's being used for evil. Now, because of it, we have a global um, uh, um pornography plague, a global terrorism plague of people being recruited on the internet, and on and on and on. The nations are aligning. The Middle East is in turmoil. Russia and China are there with their troops. Uh, Turkey's collapsing into an Islamic caliphate. All of this stuff, one way or the other, is mentioned in the scriptures. We're the first generation to see all of it happening, so we are living in prophetic times. Now, I'm not a date setter. I'm not a hand ringer. I'm just a You know, a realist. I know, we know the times we're living in because the Word of God is so clear, and we are so clearly seeing it enacted right in our headlines. Now, having said that, let's also understand that somewhere in the last days, Jesus said it, the other, the, the writers of the New Testament said it, that there will be a generation or two, depending upon the length of time all of this takes place, where there will be global plagues and pestilences and, and and an increase, apparently, what the scripture seems to speak of, of seismic activity and signs and wonders in the heavens. And all last week, the headlines all over Drudge from mainstream sources are about all the UFO, the UFO uh, concern and the military uh, uh, videos that were released and mainstream media and military figures coming out now saying this stuff we've got video of, this is not of this dimension. It's, <laughs> it's, it, there, there's no technology on earth that allows for this. And so, I mean, this is mainstream media now. It's no longer relegated to back-channel conspiracy sites. And so all of these things are happening right in front of us now. So now we deal with the coronavirus. Here's the balance. Look, I want your audience to hear this carefully and closely. I'm not hyping it up, nor am I downplaying it, and I'm not walking the fence either. I'm dealing with facts. All right, here are the facts. This coronavirus could wind up being some type of a global plague or hugely regional plague that devastates, you know, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people. It could. Why? Because the attributes of this particular virus are, at least as has been reported, 
that uh, that the 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 uh, what am I trying to say? Okay, the dormant rate when it gets in a person's body, when a person has it, it can lie dormant or apparently dormant for a much longer period than even the flu virus. In other words, mm. you can be carrying it and not mm. know it, therefore infecting other people. Wow. The other factor is that the coronavirus uh, also has an infection rate that is two to three times, four times higher than the flu. In other words, if I get the flu, there's a statistical uh, probability, and, and this is all the average, but it's an average statistical probability that I will infect 1.5 other people, all right? So, you know, uh, but the coronavirus, I think it's something like uh, four or 5.2 other people, something like that. So it's, it's, it's much higher. So you've got a, a higher rate of it hiding a longer time, and then once it manifests, then you have a much higher rate of its spread. So you can see the potential danger that's there. Now, having said all of that, which means we should work hard, we should keep our eyes on it, we should, you know, we should take all precautions and quarantines without going stupid and putting people in camps and everything. But, but you know, that, in other words, I'm not downplaying it. It has great potential to be really bad. And so we shall see what happens. However, <laughs> the balance is this. Several weeks ago when all this hype started, mm. and I say hype because the media does hype these things. Yes. Do you, you remember the bird flu? You remember the, uh, uh, the Zika virus? You remember the swine flu? You remember all of these different things that were going to wipe out human population? And and it and, and they you never hear about them anymore. I mean, it, it did not do that, but the media had it hyped twenty four seven. Again, we're the first generation in the history of humanity to live in a twenty four seven information communication world, and in the hands of everybody. Even our children have cell phones where they can access internet and information twenty four seven. There's never been a generation before us with this kind of information. So so news spreads quickly, and so does panic. And so does misinformation. So, you know, fake news. I mean, we know that. All right. So now, several weeks ago on my own radio program that I do weekly, I was trying to put all of this in balance with my audience. I, and, and I've had a, a, a guest on several times who's a dear friend of mine. He's brilliant. He, he understands the potential of this coronavirus to be devastating. He leans more towards the fact that it is going to be a globally devastating thing. I lean more towards what I'm getting ready to say. And then just today, the medical industry came out and agreed with what I've been saying. So I want to I give this balance. Several weeks ago, I was saying, look, we've got to watch the coronavirus. We've got to fight it. We've got to work hard against it. It has potential to be horrible. Right now, the bulk of the danger of it seems to be isolated to China and then wherever people who have been in China are, are traveling. And so people, you know, they're watching airports and cruise ships and all of this. All right. But the bottom line is this. Every year in the United States, there are between 25,000 to 70,000 deaths from the flu in the United right. States alone. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, now that's so, so I, you know, and, and I understand there's different infection rates, there's different dormant rates. I get that. But the bottom line is, as of right now, since the coronavirus has been, you know, discovered and, and released, uh, it, it has not done near the devastating effects that the flu virus has done in this very same time period. And so I'm telling people, look, you, you, statistically in the United States, you have a an astronomically higher chance of dying from the flu, catching the flu, than you do the coronavirus, and dying from the flu than you do the mm -hmm. coronavirus. Now, so just today, let me see. No, yesterday. I'm looking at the thing here. All right, listen to this. It comes from the uh, Tampa Sun Sentinel, and, and it speaks of the flu virus in Florida alone, which is where, you know, I'm in Florida, but it also speaks of it nationwide. Listen to this. The headline, flu hitting hard in Florida. It is much more to worry about than coronavirus, health officials say. So they address the Florida legislature about this because everybody's panicking. Coronavirus, coronavirus is going to kill us. And our health officials in Florida said, 
oh my gosh, we're being devastated now. Our, our, our hospitals are overflowing. We've got deaths by the thousands already in Florida from flu. And mm-hmm. they said, we're, we're, and so listen to this quote, quote, influenza is the elephant in the room no one is talking about. Right, exactly. This, th- this guy said, he, he's a health official. He said this to the Senate Health Policy Committee. He says, don't you understand? It is killing people in Florida. Now listen to this. The Federal Centers for Disease Control have reported have received reports of more than 31 million cases of flu in the United States between the months of October and February. Wow. Okay? Wow. 31 million cases. Listen to this. 350,000 people have been hospitalized and in those few weeks in the United States there have already been 25,000 deaths. Now, now, I, so to give you some perspective, I, I, I just called up a CNN article from two days ago. Listen to how it listen to what it says. It has a recap right here. I'm going to read two paragraphs and it recaps their whole article. The recap says coronavirus death toll. The coronavirus has now killed more than 2000 people worldwide. Listen to me now, 2,000. Now, for those 2,000 people, my heart goes out to them and their families. I, I mean, that's, that's, that's horrific. But we've had 25,000 people die from the flu in the United States alone. And so far, in about that same time period, 2,000 people have died globally from coronavirus. Now, listen to this. With eight deaths reported outside of mainland China. In other words, eight deaths globally from coronavirus as of two days ago outside of China. Hmm. And it says it has infected more than 76,000 people with over 1,000 cases outside mainland China. In other words, outside of China, there's only been 1,000 global cases of coronavirus infection. So, you know, the the bottom line is I'm not discounting the potential for the coronavirus to be devastating. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, I've got a good friend who's in media who lived and worked and studied in China for years. And he's come on. We've talked about this and he agrees totally. I, I think the the death toll to coronavirus in China is much higher than being reported. China, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. China. China is notorious for lying. Mm-hmm. About, I mean, lying about about devastating things that are happening in their economy, in their, you know, in their health system and health care and and in, in their weapon systems. There are a lot of very high ranking people who have come out recently saying that they really believe that this is a bad experiment gone wrong. It, it was a it was a biological warfare uh, experiment done in laboratories by 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 the way, in that particular province where most of the death is occurring in China. So there's no telling what's really happening with this in China uh, and and how it might have been weaponized or even still being weaponized by sending infected Chinese people to various places in the world, which is why I'm saying the balance is we don't know how this is going to play out in the long run. However, right now and, and for the foreseeable future, the flu virus alone in the United States is killing exponentially more people than the coronavirus. So the bottom line is we're going to live till we die. <laughs> and, and, and God's, you know, it's in the Lord's hands if you belong to the Lord. And, and, and we should take every precaution with washing our hands and covering our mouths and all of those things and, and with everything. But the flu is horrific mm-hmm. killer every year in the United States, it kills as many or more people than die in traffic accidents in the United States globally, I mean, excuse me, nationally. And that's usually between 30 and 70,000 people a year. I mean, if you can believe that it, it is. So that's the balance to the whole thing. And I hope your audience hears my heart. I'm not playing it down, but I don't want God's people panicking over things that we kind of can't control and things that aren't nearly as bad where we are as the news seems to be promoting it. Absolutely. And we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, That's love, right. and a sound mind. And That's it. And um, there are some concerns in America about the flu, but we have to keep it all in perspective. 
The media will yes. go with whatever sells headlines. I just thank you. Went over thank to, you. I went over to Drudge, Pastor Carl. We have to take a break in, in a couple minutes, or actually, uh, right now. But it says health officials warn of second influenza wave spreading, and this is go. the worst flu season for children in the there past decade. We're not hearing about that because of That's, the other things that are taking headlines. Yep. The, the the negative stuff that Trump is allegedly doing and more. We're going to talk about that. We're going to uh, transition to politics, the Democrat debate. Uh, when we come back, we're also going to talk about Carl's new book, which you can pre-order. It's called Masquerade. That and more with Pastor Carl Gallops when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Okay, we are with Pastor Carl Gallops, and uh, he's got a new book coming out called Masquerade. We'll get to that in a little bit. There's so much more to talk about. Uh, how can we not address some of the stuff that we heard or we've been hearing on the Democrat campaign trail? Um, Bloomberg plans to offer gender-affirming health care uh, through his plan. So does Elizabeth Warren. Uh, Judge. oh, let's get to him in a minute. Um, Bernie Sanders, he is a Marxist. I think it's too polite to call him a Democrat socialist. But Pastor Carl, I, before we get into the, the socialism uh, topic, we, I want to read this comment and this quote from Pete Buttigieg, and I want to get your response. Why? He's not going to get the nomination for president, all right? Okay. He, he's like the—he's like the—forgive me, like the white Barack Obama in a way. He's very well-spoken. He was privileged growing up. His father was a professor— in a major college, but here's what he said. I'm reading this because a lot of people have been duped into thinking he's a Christian uh-huh. because they don't know the Bible. But he was asked during a CNN town hall. This was not last night, but this was this week. He says this. She, uh, first of all, it was um, Aaron Burnett asked Buttigieg if he thinks it's impossible for a true Christian to support the president. She said, do you think it's impossible to be a Christian and support President Trump? And Pete Buttigieg said, well, I'm not going to tell other Christians how to be Christians, but I will say that I cannot find any compatibility between the way this president conducts himself and anything that I find in Scripture. (laughs) Don't get me started on that. (laughs) And then he said, and then I'll let you go. I'm winding you up right now, Pastor Carl. Yes, you are. And then he says, I got smoke coming (laughs) out of my ears right now. Yeah, but people are buying the lies because they don't know know. the Bible. Of course. He says, says, now I guess that's my interpretation, but I think that's a lot of people's interpretation, and Uh that deserves a voice. Pastor Uh Carl, he's not going to win the nomination, but he is making a—he's got an enormous following. So I would love for you to just refute what he just said. How can you be a Christian and support President Trump? The glaring hypocrisy hypocrisy is the elephant in the room there. Yeah, Matthew chapter 19, verse 4. Which is? This is the Bible. This is the Bible, and these are the words of Jesus. Have you not heard from the beginning God created the man— and woman, male and female. And for this reason, the man will leave his father and mother and unite to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Therefore, what God has created, what God has joined together, what God has declared a marriage, let not man redefine it. Let not man destroy it. Let not man do away with it. That's out of the mouth of Jesus. So Buttigieg, he can live like he wants. This is America. Yeah. I, I do not stand in judgment of him. The Word of God does. And if he says, well, I don't believe, and that's your interpretation, that's okay. He can deal with that before the Lord. Yes. And I, and I yes. mean that. In the meantime, I will treat him with respect and honor as a human being. If I were to run into him, I, I would be gracious and courteous to him. I've been a pastor 34 years in one co- community. I've been that way with everybody that will allow me to be that way. I do not hate homosexuals. There are homosexuals in my family, in my wife's family, in the families of many people in my church. Mm. I minister to them. There have been several people in my community that have died from AIDS, that have been in, in the homosexual lifestyle. They called me to their deathbeds to minister to them, to lead them to the Lord. They, wow. they and their families asked me to do their funerals. Why? Because they know the stand that I take. I stand on the Word of God. Yes. I call what God says right. But they also know that I have a heart of love. I try to be like 
like Jesus. He told us to be like him. You know, he told the woman caught in adultery, you know, I forgive you. I love you, but do not do this sin anymore. This is going to destroy you. And but I love you and I forgive you. And so it's the same the same attitude I try to take, and it has been lived out. No one can call me a homophobe with any evidence whatsoever. However, I stand on the word of God. Buttigieg is filled with duplicity in this issue. He he quotes scripture. He misquotes scripture. He yes. takes scripture out of context. And God's going to hold him accountable because he is a public figure with a huge following, mm -hmm. and he's claiming to, quote, speak for the Lord Absolutely. in so many ways. He's taking so, people with him. That's that's the issue yeah. here, Pastor Carl. He's, yeah. he's calling liberalism Christian, and that's he's right. distorting the scriptures, and people, exactly. people are buying it. I'll let you continue. Well, no, no, you you said it perfectly, Dave. So I just want people to hear my heart. I'm not a hater. I'm not, and it's and it's horrible that I even have to say that and beg people to believe me before I can even speak truth. Because we live in this world of political correctness, and everybody's afraid to say anything. Well, I'm not afraid <laughs> to say any of it. But it is important for the people that hear me say what I'm saying to know my life and my life history. I was a cop for ten years before I've been in the ministry for thirty five years, and again. I have, I have issued this challenge over radio programs for over a decade. People say, you're a racist, you're a homophobe. And I say, I tell you what, you find one shred of evidence that I have ever been labeled a racist by people of color or that I have ever been labeled a hater by homosexuals who have had personal contact with me. You find that evidence and bring it forth and I will apologize. Until then, you're just wrong. I, I'm not perfect now. I'm not a perfect person, but but I'm not a hater. I'm not a racist. I'm not a homophobe, but I stand on God's word. And Jesus himself said clearly, don't mess with the definition of marriage. Buttigieg is married to a man. Right. But that's what, mean, and, that's the yeah. thing, Pastor Carl. It's when it's getting to the point now we're debating hate crimes legislation and yes. just believing that the Bible is true. Some of them interpret that as hate. Yes, exactly. And you're right. No, it, I mean, the Bible itself is considered hate speech by right. those who hate. But watch this. By those who hate the Bible. I mean, <laughs> haters yeah. are telling us what is hate speech from the word of God that we stand on. Why don't they go to the Muslim community and just trash the Quran and trash Muhammad and, and, and trash Allah? Well, they don't. Of course, it's it's aimed at the Christian church, the word of God and Jesus Christ. And Jesus told us in the scriptures it would be that way in the last days. His is the only name that's used as a curse word. His is the only name that the demons flee from and, and that, that affects deliverance and brings salvation and brings healing and hope. The name of Jesus Christ, the, the word of God is clear that this is the truth and life itself and history bears it out. And so the duplicity and the hypocrisy of the left is just yes. overwhelming. And by the way, you know, it's not just the left. It's deep state. It's right. the Washington establishment. It, it can be a Democrat. It can be a Republican. It can be a so-called independent. It's the heart of people, Dave. It's people's hearts and souls. If they do not belong to Jesus Christ in these prophetic times, if they believe the lies, if their minds are not renewed and they're conforming to the beliefs of this world, like Romans 12 says, what will happen is they will eventually be given over to a depraved mind, like yes. Romans 1 says. And we're watching that Buttigieg, who's living, according to Jesus in the Word of God, in abject, open sexual sin. By the way, 1 Corinthians 6 says, flee from sexual sin, because all other sins are outside of your body. Mm -hmm. But this one is yeah. inside your body, and therefore your mind, your soul, your spirit. And it goes directly to the temple of God, mm -hmm. the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, so Buttigieg is living way outside of God's Word, the commands of Jesus, the commands of the Word of God, misquoting. He said, Jesus never said anything about gay marriage and homosexuality. Yes, he did. I just quoted one verse. Yeah. I mean, I mean he, he uses Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus does four different times as an example of the, the horrendous uh, judgment that is coming upon the world and why. And in Luke 17, Jesus said just before the Son of Man comes, the whole world, it'll be just like it was in the days of Lot. I mean, he uses that as an example. Don't tell me Jesus didn't address any of this. And Buttigieg is accountable before God. Now, if he wants to live the way he lives, that's fine. I'm not going to celebrate it. I'm not going to finance it. 
I'm not going to declare that it's, quote, okay. But I can live next door and with and work with anybody that will just leave their sex life out of it and let's just do what, let's just do life together. And don't ask me to celebrate all my sexual, my sex life before you. And I won't ask you to do it before me. Let's just be people and live together. Thank you. And yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I want to refer people to first uh, Corinthians six verses nine through 11. And we've had former homosexuals on this podcast. We've had former transgenders, and m many of them point to this scripture that after it mentions all of these different types of sinners, including adulterers and idolaters and thieves, homosexuals, it says, such were some of you. So some of the Corinthians were some of these things. One more point on that, Pastor Carl, and the reason we brought this up, or I decided to ask you about Buddha Judge first, is because yeah, and you he, and you may regret asking me that. I'm no, sorry, no, not at all. He <laughs> okay. said he said he was asked about those who reject homosexuality and say it's a sin. He said it's important to beckon them in the right direction. So he is calling evil good and trying to get people to believe yes. that, there, that, that there's such a thing as gay Christians and that it's not an oxymoron. Moving on, you said duplicity and hypocrisy, and talk about a conundrum in the Democrat Party right now. We've got one of the yeah. richest men in America in Bloomberg now entering the race, and it's yeah. and it used to be the Democrat Party used to be where rich men or rich was considered being evil. Well, now yeah. they've got... Bloomberg, and now they've got Sanders. How is this going to play out, Pastor Carl? Yeah, yeah. it's even worse than what you said. What they, <laughs> what they have is their front runners are a bunch of old, white, rich men. <laughs> the antithesis of what the Democrat Party says, well, you know, we stand for diversity, and we stand with the common people, and we stand with the minorities. Yeah, right. And, you know, whether that be women as far as their minority position in culture overall, because they're really not the minor minority statistically I think there's more women than there are men in the United States but anyway uh, you know but they, that's what we stand for women and women's rights and and you know Hispanics and blacks and Asians and oh they're minorities. for everybody right yeah we're for yeah, everybody yeah. <laughs> and we're for the working middle-class guy and the, and who are their candidates old white rich men and I get that now somebody might say well what do you think Trump is well he's an older white rich uh, billionaire. Yeah, I get it. But he doesn't claim that that's evil, though. He doesn't well, have any problem right. with capitalism. <laughs> that's right. I was going to say the difference is that old white rich guy is pro-American, pro-Constitution, pro-rule of law, pro-strength in military, pro-borders and law, uh, pro-economy, pro-America, pro-life, uh, uh, pro-Israel. Uh, pro I mean, so, Amen. okay, let's use that old white rich man to, to help <laughs> us get back on track if God, if God can do that. And apparently the Lord is, seems to be using him or allowing him to take us this way for a while. Pastor Carl, we have five minutes before we're going to take uh, another break, and we do want to get to your book, Masquerade, that people can pre-order now. It's coming out next month. But would you just take the top three candidates and take like a minute and a half on each one, if you could, uh, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, um, and Mayor Bloomberg. Could you please yeah. let us know your concerns and what— Yeah they're teaching or trying to push. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth Warren is a fraud through and through. I mean, Absolutely. her whole life is filled with fraud, fraudulent claims about herself, about her past, about her credentials, about, I mean, she, she, to me is almost a joke of a candidate and I'm not trying to be ugly here. I mean, she just is, all this has been reported and how in the world she even got away with being a viable candidate in the first place is just beyond me. Mm -hmm. But again, we're dealing I with agree. the Democrat. We're de dealing with today's Democrat Party. So, you know, anything's possible, <laughs> as we're seeing. Yes. But uh, yeah. But um, so I, I, you know, that's my quick assessment of her. Bernie Sanders. Listen, it is quite disturbing that we've reached the point in our history. It, but it's not surprising that a candidate like Bernie Sanders takes his vacation in Russia openly. Oh, I mean, not his vacation, his honeymoon openly, you know, aligns himself with communist ideals, socialist, they call it socialist, but as socialism and communism are very, very closely related, yes. if not really identical. And, and, um, and, and, he, and he celebrates it and makes outlandish promises that 
either he knows he can't keep, or if he does keep them, he knows he's going to destroy America's economy. You know, free health care for all, free college for all, free. Well, well, well wait, who free? What do we have a bucket of money out behind the White House? Is, is, is it a well we just get money from and sling it at everybody? If we had that, I would say, yeah, let's just do everything free. That would be great. But we don't because Dave Fiorazzo and Carl Gallops and Crash Connell and all these people, they're the ones that are going to be paying for this so-called free college and free health care and free everything. See, and communism and socialism, look at Venezuela, look at Russia, look at China. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, People say, okay, look at China. They're robust, their economy. Well, yeah, but they, 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 their economy really is in a shambles. Their military, they're trying to build it, but they're sucking the life out of their economy to do that. In the meantime, the rest of their economy is going in the tank. In the meantime, the sanctions we've put on them for all of their stealing from us and the unfair practices and, and, and everything is, is ruining them. I mean, very few countries could put sanctions on the United States and ruin us within weeks. Very few. I, I don't know that anybody could, really. And so China's not as great of an economy yet. They, they can be, but they're not there. Russia's not there. Venezuela has already crashed. And Bernie Sanders basically saying, let's be like them. So, I mean, yeah. so to me, it, it, but it disturbs me that about half of the population of our nation seems to be pretty excited about Bernie Sanders. That's but again, the scary it, thing. But, but again, it doesn't surprise me. Yes. Look what has happened. Look, brother, I, I tell people all the time. In fact, I think this is written on the back cover of Masquerade, my, my newest book. It says something along these lines. I don't have it in front of me, but it says, imagine the world that we are getting ready to be in in the next 10, 15 years. Why? Because the young people coming up behind us that were born in the last 20 years, they know nothing except fake news. Yes. Fake, I mean, fake world, artificial intelligence, robo sex robots, uh, genetic editing, uh, godlessness. They don't, they don't even know. I mean, in their lifetime, I mean, the whole definition of marriage, home, family, genders, they don't know what a man is. They don't know what a woman is. They don't know if it's a thee or a thou or a they or a he or a she. They don't know what a boy is. They don't know what a girl is. They don't know what a marriage is. They don't know what's fake news and real news. This is all they've grown up with. Mm -hmm. And so what's going to happen to this nation and to this world 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when you and I are more or less on the back burner. Well, well, wh where are we going? Well, and so Bernie Sanders kind of epitomizes that direction. Well, Go they're ahead. not learning true American history, let alone world history, when it comes to socialism and communism. And we could have asked that question that you just asked 25 years ago. And today we are seeing the fruit of that generation that was grown up, fed the liberal top talking points and the indoctrination of the public schools. Uh, one minute before we take a break, Pastor Carl, is Joe Biden done, do you think? Okay. Uh, Joe Biden, I think he's, I think he's done politically. Uh, I, I think he doesn't know it yet, but I think <laughs> yeah. he is. God uh, bless listen, his heart. He's, he's so deeply connected to, um, to, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, it, to Ukraine, mm. he and his son yeah. and, and everybody else. So, so I, 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 and plus, you know, he's just a rambling, bumbling, <laughs> old white rich man who's deeply connected to the deep state and the Washington establishment. And, oh my gosh, I mean, just the thought of him being president really nauseates me. And I don't mean that anything personal against Joe Biden. He might be a fun guy to sit down and have a cup of coffee with, but I just keep your daughters away from him. But anyway, I, I just... <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I don't want him patting my little girl on the head, right? I mean, okay. you know, we, we've seen the videos. And yeah. I, I mean, it's it's horrific. But they're above the law. If you're a liberal Democrat, you get a well, pass from the media. It. Yeah. So it's scary. And not only is he a Democrat, he is he is the poster child for today's Democrat Party. I, I mean, you know, connected to Obama, connected yeah. to Hillary, on and on. Yeah. And then the other candidate, of course, is Bloomberg. And... um Listen, 
I, 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 I will just I, I would have to agree with uh, President Trump's assessment of him and not because I'm a Trump sycophant, but I loved his tweet. He sent out after the debate. He said uh, he said uh, Mike Bloomberg's debate performance tonight was perhaps the worst in the history of debates. There have been some really bad ones, but he was stumbling, <laughs> bumbling and grossly incompetent. If this doesn't knock him out of the race, nothing will. Yeah. Not so easy to do everything that I've done. Of course, Trump had to put that jab in there and he really has accomplished a lot. I mean, it's a little uncomfortable to hear him brag about it all the time, but, but, but the pot, but, but on the flip side is if he doesn't talk about it, nobody else will. Yeah. The media is not, exactly. even the con so-called conservative media is not doing justice uh, to reporting what he has accomplished. The administration and think, policies. Yeah. Yeah. And think about it. His accomplishment accomplished all this stuff in the middle of a two and a half year Mueller investigation, a sham, constant a witch opposition. hunt, constant opposition, yeah. and then impeachment, all the lies surrounding all of this. Some of his, you know, friends and people in prison because of it. It's just, it's horrific. Yet he's turned the economy around. He's turned the military around. He's still working feverishly hard on the borders. And just like we predicted, Dave, it. The, the leftists are now using this as a campaign talking point. Look, he didn't build the wall. He lied. No, you you obstructed his building of the wall. Some of it's going up. Yes, some yeah. of it is going up, but they purposely yep. obstructed protecting Dave Fiorazzo and his family, Carl Gallup's and his family. They purposely yeah. left our families vulnerable for the specific political purpose of being able to say in near 2020, well, look, he didn't build the wall. Yeah, but it is because of you. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, that's where we're headed, guys. All right, Pastor Kyle, we got to take a break. When we come back, the subtitle of your new book says Prepare for the Greatest Con Job in History. The book yeah. is called Masquerade. We'll talk with Pastor Carl Gallops about that when we come back. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. We've got Pastor Carl Gallops on the line from sunny Florida. And, well, fortunately, it's sunny today, but uh, <laughs> it's cold. Um, we're talking about his new book now, Masquerade. It says Satan is the master masquerader and most of the church in America is completely missing the bigger picture. And I just want to read one um, descriptive uh, sentence on this, Pastor Carl, and let you just share a little bit okay. and give us an overview of the book. It sounds really fascinating. It says, Masquerade rips off the masks of Satan's global end times agenda and infuses the reader with a renewed resolve to live a holy and pleasing life for the Lord and to courageously advance the true kingdom work of Jesus Christ. So we're yeah, excited yeah. Uh, people can pre-order this book. Tell us a little bit more about it. Well, thank you. And that kind of sums it up in a sentence or two, uh, but it's much, much deeper than that. And if anybody, if any of your listeners have read any of my books prior to this, especially what I call the God series, Gods and Thrones, Gods of Ground Zero, Gods of the Final Kingdom, those just preceded this book. And then I've got another one that, that was uh, not a part of that series, but it's called The Rabbi, uh, The Secret Message, and the Identity of Messiah. All five of these books, including Masquerade, have all been published by Defender Publishing. But if they've read any of those, then I can tell them if they liked the God series books, they are in for a treat with Masquerade. It could really be the fourth in that series. You don't have to read these in any order. You can read them any order you wish. And I, and I tell people, but if you like what you're reading and you're learning and you like the style of writing, get them all, read them all. You're going to want them in your library. You can teach from them, preach from them. You can, you can have Bible studies from them. And people are doing that all over the world in their churches and stuff. And preachers are preaching from, uh, from the truths of these things. And, and so, but, but I deal with what I do in all of these books is I, I, I go from Genesis to revelation and connecting five or six deep truths that connect together to paint, to, to pull together a picture of the deeper scriptural understanding. I mean, uh, that not only helps people to say, Oh my gosh, this makes the Bible make so much more sense, <laughs> but it also, uh, it makes the it makes the world we're living in more sense. It makes the headlines make more sense. It makes your own life 
make more sense. It makes where we're headed an eternity. It helps keep perspective. Yes, the world's getting crazy. Yes, it's suffering from a depraved mind. Yes, we're moving towards eventually there's a generation that's going to see the Antichrist kingdom, uh, whoever's left on the earth. And yes, it's going to move towards uh, the return of Jesus Christ. I mean, we're headed that way. We've been barreling that way ever since Israel returned to the land. However, we, Dave, you and I, we've only got 70, 80, 90 little years. If we're blessed, Mm, every day is a gift. Mm -hmm. Every breath we take, every beat of our heart, it's ordered and ordained by God, Psalm 139 says, written in his books before they came to be. So, So we can't just walk around wringing our hands. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Take no thought about this day and the next. God knows how to take care of you. In other words, the Bible says, do not be anxious for anything, but by everything with prayer and supplication. Present your request to God and the peace of God will guard your heart and your understanding of life. So I tell Christians, they say, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? The coronavirus, the world's going out of control. Borders are collapsing. The Middle East is on fire. Oh my (laughs) gosh. And I say, here's what you do. Here's what you do. First of all, hit your knees and thank God you live in the United States. Mm, okay? Praise God. Or, or, yeah. or any nation like it for your international listeners. I mean, where you have some freedom and some 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 mm. ability to protect yourself and to vote and to to, to involve yourself in, in what's happening in your own culture. Hit your knees because 75% of the world doesn't live like we do. They don't. And we are so blessed. What we're talking about on the radio right now, most of the world, you can't get on the radio and say the stuff we've said today. I mean, think about it. Exactly. And so here we are. So first, hit your knees. Second of all, then when you get up off your knees, go mow the grass, pay the bills, educate your children, uh, go to work, uh, have fun with your hobbies, make friends. But understand your reason for being here. If you're a born again child of God, you are an ambassador for the kingdom of Jesus Christ that is on its way. So whatever you do and whatever you go, your life's work, your life's purpose is not to see how much power and influence and money and control you can get, can get, can garner up and gather up. Your life's purpose is to advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ to, to proclaim his name, to lead people to the Lord, to, to help people come out of the darkness and captivity through the power of Jesus Christ. Well, this book, Masquerade, it just rips off all of the lies and the con jobs that Satan is pulling on us. It goes into the per- political realm, deeply in the spiritual. The spiritual realm is behind the political realm. It goes into uh, personal life. There, there are chapters in here that are very practical. They're, they're in the addendum section, but I talk about the problems in the chapters, and then I say, but now I'm not just going to present problems. I'm going to show you relief. I'm going to show you how you can be delivered. I'm going to show you how you can break these bondages and chains in your life or whoever's in your family or friend or church that's that's caught up in these masquerades of lies that's destroying their lives. And then I take them to the back of the book where I have these chapters. They're written just like chapters, but they're in the back of of, of scripture truths and promises and prayer. And, and just like if you, if, if you were to come to me uh, and, and, and make an appointment to see me and sit down and say, brother Carl, help me. I'm just immersed in this particular sin and it's destroying me. What do I do? Well, I take chapters and just minister to people as though they're sitting in my office and I lead them through deliverance and, and, and uh, breaking of the chains of bond. And I'm not talking about weird, you know, uh, um, uh, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stuff. I'm talking about biblical, scriptural deliverance, promises of God's word, truth, perspective. All of that's in this book. But the other thing that I do in all of my God series books and then in Masquerade is I take you and I put you in the scriptures in the third person, the first five or 10 chapters. And all my chapters are only about five pages each. And it's very easy to, to read these books and understand, even though there's deep topics I deal with. But I take you, I put you on the shores of Galilee in the masquerade book. I put you there in the presence of Jesus. I put you in a synagogue service where he heals and where he addresses the religious elite. I put you in the grain fields and cornfields when he's, when he's uh, confronted by the Pharisees. And then I put you there when he's giving the kingdom parables. And then from there, after you get the whole feel for it, you sense and you see exactly what Satan does in the midst of that. You hear what Jesus says. Then I move you into the biblical understanding from Genesis to Revelation 
Revelation, how it all connects, how everything Jesus said connects from Genesis to Revelation and in today's mm-hmm. headlines. And it really gives a deep, deep perspective to life and to the Word of God. Does that help? That absolutely does, Pastor Carl. And can I get you to promise on air and uh, commit to coming back and talking so much more about your book? Because it is coming out next month, correct? Yeah, well, uh, the 15th of March. So what's that's a little less than a month from now, yeah. So people can pre-order it. We'll have you they back can. on. We'll talk more about it. Um, I mean, you talk about how it's a fake, fake world. You get into the demonic realm and even the truth about UFOs. That'll yes. uh, wet people's yeah. Uh, appetite yeah. for yeah. Uh, what's in your book. We'll talk more about that uh, next time we have you on. Pastor Carl Thanks. Gallops, thank you so much for being back with us today, brother. God bless you. It's my honor. God bless you all. Thanks. All right, thank you. Oh, my goodness, so much. And if you go to his website, just all these other The God Series books and so much else that he puts out there, always on the move. I don't know how he does all these interviews. He pastors a church, and he writes books, and um, I think there are three people living in his body. But that's just a a conspiracy theory. Um, When we come back, a lot more coming up this week and next week, some new guests on the way, and we'll tell you about that in a minute. Stand Up for the Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth. Yeah, I know it's early, but uh, next week I'm excited to have a couple brand new guests. Uh, Paula Payton uh, is a pro-life activist, and she, um, I believe, she's got an incredible testimony. She was conceived um, in rape, and she actually had a baby um, that that she was raped and had her baby, and very outspoken in the pro-life movement. Uh, pastor Alvin Dupree is a Wisconsin pastor who's been standing up for religious freedom for years. We first had him on, um, I think it was about three years ago, when he had caught flack for speaking at a graduation. I think it was a high school in Appleton. And uh, he mentioned God and something else about um, maybe God or religious freedom or something. And, and uh, he got a lot of blowback from that. So He's got a news story coming up about what's happening in the public school system. So uh, we're excited to have him back. But tomorrow, we are also thrilled to have Jay Siegert back with the Starting Point Project. We're going to talk about environmental extremism and where this worldview and where this thinking leads, minimizing human life and worshiping the planet or worshiping nature, putting nature and the planet and saving the earth above human beings made in the image of God. We're going to talk with Jay Siegert about that and that type of worldview and what that leads to. We've already seen it, population control and other things. Well, I thank you so much for listening today and for being with us, for praying for this ministry. We appreciate you guys. If you have a guest that you would like to hear on Stand Up For The Truth, can't guarantee that we can connect and have everybody on that we uh, get suggestions for, but if if it's someone that fits into what we're doing here and and uh, we would love to take your suggestions, email comments at standupforthetruth.com. God bless you, and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.